All right. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's good to see them in the house of the Lord with us today. God bless them. Good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord this morning to worship the Lord and to hunger and thirst after his touch, and his will. Amen. I'm glad he's still working on me. How about you? Amen. We're not perfect vessels by yet, these old earthen vessels, but we have the, we have the ingredient called the Spirit of God that will help comfort us guide us be that voice that brother Ford was talking about and you know what that's the, the world ought to look at us y'all a little strange y'all a little different <laughs> amen and we ought to be able to hear that voice and out of obeying the voice we ought to see the manifestation of God's love and power and deliverance Working up on our behalf in the midst of all of this that's going on. The church just keeps on marching. The church just keeps on growing. The church just stays faithful. Because of the sure word of God, the chief cornerstone, and what we have found, a man out of the word of God. That we know that's sure, that's forever settled in the heavens. And as we practice it by faith, we can see the results of it. Oh, there'll be times when it's hindered. Paul was hindered. Man, the devil hindered him from going certain places and accomplishing certain things. You can speak to the greatest pastors and evangelists that God's ever blessed this earth with. But there's been times of struggle and heartaches and disappointments. But overall, they're going to be victorious, just like you and I. So we walk with the Lord and have a heart, amen, and an ear to hear. Hallelujah. We need to have an ear to hear, don't we? All seven churches, regardless of their spiritual condition, and wherever you want to line them up on the list, if they'd have an ear to hear and a heart to obey, they could overcome and be victorious and be even greater than where they was at. Amen. Regardless of the enemy and the forces and the powers that warred against them. I'm glad to be a part of that kingdom today. I'm glad to be a part of the kingdom of God and the service of God. What a privilege it is, amen, to have the Holy Ghost. What a privilege it is to be able to know that we was able to take on the name of Jesus and have revelation of it. And have this find a strength to live a life that's pleasing to God. That we find as a greater joy than the, than the world can find out there. Oh, there's pleasures, but those pleasures lead them down to dead-end roads. Leads them to dreams that are never really fulfilled. And hunger and thirst is never really satisfying. But oh, I found something that can satisfy my soul. I found something that can rise up within me like a prince, a man of peace. Hallelujah. Regardless of the storms, the size of the storms and things, I know the storm maker. And if he doesn't see fit to move the storm, he sees fit, amen, to just see us through it. By his grace, a man is sufficient. When he doesn't want to remove the old messenger from Satan to fulfill his purpose after praying about it three times, you know what? I found out his grace is sufficient. That in my times of weakness, God can manifest some of his greatest powers and authority. Oh, we don't want to, we don't want to relate to weakness. We, we don't like that. But you know what? When a man humbles himself and yields himself, 
when he comes to that place and saying, I need a Savior. I need a God. I need help. You really can't help anybody until they really get to a place that demand that they're willing to cry out for it. And it didn't matter if they just had just blinded eyes or they was just lame. Or if they had reached a place in their spiritual condition that they was called a lunatic. Filled not only with one devil, with many devils. But even that individual, all the devils couldn't keep him from coming to Jesus. Calling out, crying out to him. You know what? He found his deliverance. Didn't take long either. One encounter. One brushing with this, this Savior. As we was in service, I thought, God, you know what? As he was talking about the struggles of life. God, you know the ending of my, each individual's journey. He doesn't only just know the, the beginning and ending of the world, the creation and all that's going to unfold and the church. And, but individually, he knows exactly where we're at on the journey. He knows exactly how many days is allotted. Now, I believe, because there's some says, well, if it was their point in time, what nothing they can do about it. But Scripture didn't, hadn't taught that. Actually, Scripture's taught there's certain things that you and I can do could either lengthen them or shorten them. And also could either curse them or bless them. I just wouldn't put that out there because, but what's this? But God knows. He is the author and finisher. Got a good lesson? If you haven't read it, I'll encourage you to do that. Uh, these lessons have been good. They really uh, have kind of felt in line with a lot of what's going on. They help us to deal with it. A lot of uh, good ingredients, good, good meat in these lessons. And uh, these lessons were written prior to our time. But again, we see how that God knows how to move upon sincere and honest people. That's, uh, that's bearing the responsibility to, to write lessons and to be led of God to feed the lamb, to feed the sheep. So as they obey the Holy Ghost and inspired by the Lord to, and God that sees year down the road, <laughs> a man to put in their hearts and set things up that could be, be uh, help. Right. You know, praise God. I heard Brother Jones and it's always helped me. Because, you know, some people, and I understand some churches, especially home mission churches, don't have the resources, so they don't try to get their Sunday school literature. I understand that. And then others. But anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of one of them areas. And then you got some says, well, they don't, they didn't know. But what do you mean they didn't know? If they're in tune with God, God knew. <laughs> and so God knew what to place and how to position it. And, and, but Brother Jones, amen, Brother Jerry Jones uh, he made a statement about it one time. He says, you know what? He said, I always enjoyed uh, using the lessons. He said, because I found out many a times in my time of pastoring, those lessons fell right in line with some situations and issues, either in the community or in the church. He said, they addressed it. He said, I was able to address it simply out of the Sunday school book. The individuals could not come to me and say, well, you just knew about that. That's the reason you addressed that. But no, it was in the Sunday school book written by somebody else about a year prior. And so, you know what? God knew. I didn't. God did. And so God worked it all out. So I'm, I'm glad we're serving such a God. Amen. His eyes are looking, going to and fro. 
looking for opportunities to manifest himself, declare his powers, amen, to display us. As Brother, Brother Josh did this morning, that, that brand new little baby girl, amen, displays, hey, hallelujah. No, that's not the first, and hopefully there'll be some more. And I'm not talking about just him, I'm talking about of the whole church here, hallelujah. I don't know how many they're desiring, and that's between them and God, and hallelujah. A lot of it depends on God and his business. <laughs> Amen. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. So, miraculous multiplications. How many likes miraculous multiplications? Guess it depends on what we're talking about, ain't it? Hallelujah. If you're talking about, you know, having fighting one devil or multiple devils, I ain't too interested in multiplying that. You talk about my money and blessings and things, and hey, I'm interested. So it just depends on the topic. Depends on the subject. But... Um, for the most part, when we talk about something like that, it's to the positive side and it's to things that will bless us. We want, we want days, but we want them to be quality. I, I won't never forget because it kind of came up this week and, and uh, dealing with even Brother Ford. And, uh, but to, to understand that we don't want just days, but we want to have some, some days of quality, you know. And I won't never forget when Brother McCain first dealing with his situation. They just wanted to go to Texas. He called me and just talking to us. And we, you know, anyway, he said, Brother Moore, he said, I don't want just days. He said, I don't want them to just be able to say, you know, we're going to be able to extend you two years of life. And, but yet you spent a year and a half of that sick in Texas and away from your family and all this other stuff. He said, I'd rather have six months of quality life with my family, the church, the church family. Amen. They'll be way off over there. <laughs> And so I believe he chose a good path, and you know the results of it. And, and uh, you know, some of this we don't quite understand. We don't, we don't, and, and what, uh, you know, but God's God, and he's in the healing business. He's in the saving business, and it's God's business. Now, you and I, amen, it depends on us, I think, a lot of times. Uh, but if when we've done all we can do, then we're going to stand on the promises. And this lesson's going to fall in with some of this. And there's some ideas here, and we'll bring some of them out. But to help us to really understand, because all of this can fall under this same umbrella. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sickness or a financial situation. Uh, it can be a number of things, but it can fall under this same principle. That this widow is going to leave us and give us an example of how to respond. But also out of this lesson... There are some principles. There are some things that we need to, uh, to get a hold of as, as they come by. We need to get a hold of it. We need to let it get a hold of us. So there's a few statements in these eight verses. There's a lot that we can grasp, a lot that we can learn as we, we begin to dig into the Word of God. I told somebody this week, a couple of times this week, actually, the Word of God's like a treasure, and you and I have got to dig it out. You and I have got to dig it out. I just not, I mean, he, he does inspire us and things, man, he can give it. You can be driving down the road and God just drop things into you. But it's because you're hungry and you're thirsty and you're reading and you're looking for it and you're asking for it. And so God, amen, he'll, 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 he does that for us. Focus thought, God can take what we have and miraculously multiply it to bless us. Amen. God, the Bible says, can take little and make much out of it. He can take your few dollars and make them go a lot further than you can. <laughs> or he can take your many dollars and make them even go further than what they can. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But not only that, there's many other areas 
your talents and skills and abilities that you're going to use for his glory and the magnifying of his name. Uh, how many of us would have to admit that I'm, I'm far blessed and if I'd have been on this journey by myself. I didn't get here by myself. I had a God that was working on my behalf that blessed the labor of my hands and blessed the labor, amen, that put, was put forth that but because I was just skillful and I was just real intelligent and real smart. Amen. You know what? A, you know, you know, he was a, a smart guy, a guy that gives his life to God. You know, a strong man, a man that gives his life to God. <laughs> Amen. They can talk all that other junk they want to. Hallelujah. But, but living for God, that's a true man or a true woman right there. Regardless of their income, regardless of what they're living in, regardless of how they may be seen in the, in the eyes of this world. He that casts his lot with Jesus Christ and hears his voice and begins to obey it and walk in the journey and the pathway that the master sees fit. Amen. And pleases the great shepherd. Amen. I'm telling you, that's the one that's going to be successful. That's the one that's going to be the victorious. And so, as we watch this, and I focus first, the seventh verse. Amen. Amen. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt. And live thou and thy children of the rest. Praise God. What a, what a powerful lesson we have here today. I'm not going to go into all of it. You could read the miraculous harvest if you don't mind. Uh, just for time's sake. Go back and read the blessings. How God multiplies. How God will work. It can be a bean field. But God can work in the bean fields. He works in the potato fields. He works in a lot of areas. As we ask him. Put a trust in him. And, and I'll tell you. Sometimes. God's looking for somebody to trust him even when we don't see the evidence of it. Our hope, where's, where's the hope at? It's a, our faith sustains us until we attain that that we're hoping for. Once we received it, we don't have to have faith or hope because we've already attained it. But until then, we got to walk by faith. Faith. Faith is what will sustain us. Faith is what will hold us and keep us and keep us marching and doing what's right and living for God. Amen. Without getting so, so irritated or frustrated and, and but just marching with the Lord and trusting God that, that he's working on our behalf. And so we're going to go right on into the lesson itself, searching the scriptures and just going right on into the main part of the lesson here today, if you don't mind. And he the first two things he asked, he asked, who was the widow? Who was, man, the deceased husband? We understand as he begins to liken something here. He talks about the sons of the prophets. Sons of the prophets. And um, this is where, you know, and he, he even talks about it. Sons of the prophet. This is, you know, this is one reason I talk about. And it may not be nothing but a seed that's planted. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll let God work that out. We don't need but a few million dollars to accomplish what I'd like to see accomplished in buying a field and putting some buildings there. Just a few million dollars to accomplish that, achieve that, and to sustain it. That we can put the quality of people in there, amen, to be instructors and guides and things of that nature on a daily basis. Hallelujah. So it's, it's called an institute. It can be called a university. It can be called a college. It can be called a school. It's got to start somewhere. It can be from K through 12. Amen. But, but it's, that's what it's all about. And the more 
that our, our, our systems is leaning and going direction of, of idols and they've been in that direction a lot more than what we want to admit. Amen. Amen. Putting other priorities. Say, I can remember a day, amen, when the priority, even if you played any kind of sports, was sportsmanship first. And it didn't matter if you was a key player. If you, got, if you lost your sportsmanship about you, you sat on the bench. It cost the game. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, some principles got out of, out of context. You know why? Because we begin to build idols and we begin to make them idols. And we begin because money. Amen. Because everybody realizes it takes a lot of money to run these things. So they was willing to sacrifice some things to attain the money. Hallelujah. But you know what? Some things is not worth the money. Some things that you and I sacrifice is not worth the money. Amen. We would rather go in debt. Amen. And find ourselves. But I'm telling you what. If we find ourselves in debt trying to do what God wants us to do. And what pleases him. You know what? God will come to our rescue. But there's some things. Some principles. Hallelujah. That you and I must hold. Hold on to. And we're not willing, amen, to make business deals. We're not willing, amen, and that includes the government. Well, I can get in some, I can get in some stinky stuff quick here, can I? <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, here we go. <laughs> Praise God. So the sons of the prophets, they're mentioned. And the writer talks about them. If you remember our last week's lesson, when he talks about Gilgal, and he talks about Jericho, amen. And he talks about, amen, these places of Bethel. These are mentioned, the sons of the prophets that were there. These are places, institutes, or, or, or temples, or synagogues, or, or, or facility that was set up. And so Elijah, Elijah would visit them, instruct them, and give them direction. Probably had overseers, amen, that was under him, that was be there all the time. And so it was be these young men. I'm going to take you all the way now to Samuel and go all the way back to First Samuel is 19 to 20, and right at the beginning with Samuel. Amen. How does Samuel, how was he was even brought into it? It was the prayers of a, of, a, of a mother, a man that was unbearing, couldn't bear children. But finally, when she reached that place, she was willing to make a vow with God. I'll give him back to you. And I mean giving back too. And so we understand even Samuel, hallelujah, he would give it back to Eli and under ministering unto Eli. And it falls in suit, falls in practice. And, and so here we go as we watch these sons and from this this institute and from from this uh, facility that's set up where they can be taught and instructed. That's the reason it's more important. Now you believe this if you want to and do with it what you want to. It's more important to bring our children to the house of God than even to public schools. It's more important to bring your children to the house of God to make them heroes on the athletical world or any other field. Amen. You can't forsake the house of God. You've got to, we've got to bring them. We've got to train them. We've got to pray for our Sunday school teachers that God would anoint them. Amen. Inspire them and move upon them. Help them because we have such a narrow gap, a narrow window. Amen. To instruct them and impress them and put things inside their heart and their minds and their spirit. Hallelujah. That this is the best life to live. That's the reason it's so important for you and I. Even when we gather here this morning, our response, amen, when we get to sing about the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What it's done for us and how it's moved on our behind and made us far better than what we could have been all by ourselves. Hey, I'm glad I don't have no regrets, amen, in turning my life over to the Lord. Whatever cost. You know why this nation's such a great nation? Because those that signed that Declaration of Independence was willing to sacrifice everything they had. All the materials, 
right down to their lives, their families, and it costs some of them all of that. That's the same way you and I have got to feel about this church and walking with God. No sacrifice is too big, God, for your will to be done. Whatever, whatever I have to go through, endure, and overcome to accomplish and achieve that. And these, these are some principles. That's, that's, you're not going to get that. Oh, boy. You're not going to get that out there in the secular world. You're not going to get that out there in the carnal world. You're not going to get, I'm, I'm sorry. The American dream, if you really look at it, if you begin to listen to the heartbeat of the business world, they want to be competitive, but not straight up for the most part. I feel a little bit, I'm right. Sometimes people, when it gets in the business world, even they are, they are They'll shift a little bit and they'll, they'll, can't do that. And in any of our lives, I, I don't mean to get on this. I don't know why I got, but I'm here. But, but let's watch this. Even in, in 1 Samuel 19, 20, Saul, Saul had sent a man messengers to Ramah to, to, to get, to, to get David. He married his daughter and she, you know, it supposedly came sick, report he got, because he's after to kill him. And, and they're sent to those messengers he sent. Now, you watch the power of the spirit of prophecy. Amen. But, but watch what I'm fixing to say here. Amen. How all of a sudden that, that, that men, the messengers that were sent by Saul after David, amen, sent to them. And, and Samuel standing at one point over them in the spirit of God. What's up on them? Watch this. And they saw the company of the prophets prophesying. And Samuel standing as appointed over them. So we see it, it start even way back before Elijah and Elisha. We see this schooling. We see this instructing that's taking place. Now, now watch some of this. And uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead, I guess, in some of this. But, but there would be times that individuals were sent, Saul even sent, and they got in the presence of those prophesying. Watch this. Go back to the ritual call of Saul. What was he doing? Looking for some donkeys. His daddy still loved donkeys. Couldn't find them. So he decided to go to the man of God. The man of God being Samuel. Struck them, said, hey, the donkey's been found, but come here, Saul. Come here a little bit. I need to talk to you a little bit. I need to give you some guidance, some instructions of what's fixing to happen, what's fixing to unfold in your life, and some encounters you're fixing to have, and right down to your uncle, and I'm going to tell you how to respond to it and how to deal with it. And, and even when Saul got in certain areas, in certain places, the spirit of prophecy would move upon him, and he would prophesy. That's the reason you and I as vessels of God and used of God, we better keep our guard up. And we better be careful that we won't let that anointing and those times that God uses us to cause us to get too worked up in ourselves. This is a God thing. Okay? And so 
What if Saul, could this have been some of the areas where Saul even, instead of really obeying God, he got a taste of this. He experienced it. He understood. So, so we see some things through the spirit of prophecy and, and the working of God and how he works things out. And so when this, the statements are made about the sons of prophets, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just hang on with me. You're thinking that's all right. Uh, but they're not exempt of finding themselves facing uh, situations and dealing with circumstances that, that get, can be mind-boggling sometimes. All right? So let's go to the first part of it. 2 Kings 4 and 1. Now there cried a, and the Bible says, a certain woman. If you notice throughout the Old Testament, amen, especially a certain woman, you know, and there's certain cases, certain situations, certain things. And, and so we realize this is wasn't just all the wise, but yet it helped us understand. And the writer even brings that out that we understand the son, some of the sons of the prophets, a man that was prophets, that was involved in God's business and working. A man married, had children, had homes and things of this nature. Now, if you read on, if you read your lesson, you're going to notice that the writer of it talks about how that through a couple of the uh, Jewish historian writers, Josephus being one of them, and, and then out of a commentary, that there's a strong possibility they felt that uh, this was Obadiah. Obadiah, if you remember last previous lessons, Obadiah was the one that worked with Ahab. He was the one that kid the hundred prophets, amen, and fed them with bread and water and worked. And, and, and I'm going to bring something else about him out in just a few minutes. And one of the principles that's so important about this lesson that, uh, that, that, were, that makes the difference, that, that helps us. And, and so we, they, they, they say that, okay? I remember Brother Odom helped, allowed me when I first started pastoring. He, he had a, a class up there for, the, for events and those going into ministry and things of that nature. So he allowed me to come be a part of it. And I remember uh, this, this came up for his, uh, Josephus. And he said, nothing wrong. He said, read the book. Read the book. It's such a good book. He said, just remember, it's Josephus. And the Bible's the Bible. So you stay, if the Bible trumps something of what Josephus, you stay with the Bible. <laughs> Basically what he was telling us. The Bible's right. Always stay with the book. But Josephus is known as probably one of the most powerful uh, Jewish historians and writers. Amen. And so that's where they got this. They, they felt like that. But I was possibly because the Bible has not named the son. I believe the, the word of God and God written it in a way and allow it to be written in a way that we wouldn't be able to put names and put certain events and, and fall under just certain little umbrellas. But God written it in a way that all of us can easily put our names in those blanks. Easily can put our situations in those same places that we can, that the word of God can feed and help all of us. And besides that, the, the, the heartbeat of it all is not about the individuals and the characters. Because God even in the Old Testament wasn't about glorifying flesh. It was about glorifying God and who the, the maker because we're creating his image and likeness and we're representing him. And Israel was called out of Egypt, amen, to represent this one true God to all the other nations and all the other so-called worshipers and what they was worshiping and who they was worshiping. But there was still one God. And you know, that mission hasn't changed, amen, when we call on Jesus and we build a relationship and walk in the Holy Ghost and the powers of God. We're demonstrating, amen, the true kingdom of 
God upon this earth. Hallelujah. Amen. As we give ourselves and humble ourselves into his call and election, his service. That's really what it's all about. That should be our heartbeat. That's what, what, what drives us. And then and everything else that comes in our possession. Amen. As it comes into our possession, we know that all of this is being on loan to us. This body that I've got, I didn't create it. Amen. I'm not, I, you know, I belong to his pastor. I'm his sheep. Amen. So all the possessions that comes into my possession. Amen. Don't matter if it's money. Don't matter if it's uh, positions. It don't matter what it is. Hallelujah. It's long to me to see what I'm going to do with it. How I'm going to handle it. And what purpose am I going to use it for? Am I going to use it for myself? Or if I'm going to use it, amen, for other means and, and avenues. Amen. For his kingdom. The Father, his kingdom. So, so you see what I'm saying? That's how all this works together. But that's not only in material possessions. That's also the callings and the elections and talents and ability. Amen. To preach and ability. Amen. To sing and the ability to do other things and to be helps in the body of Christ. All of these work together and they're very important. It's vessels of God and, and to, use to, to be used of God. But even in accomplishing, achieving all that, it does not exempt us from heartache, and suffering, and trials, and possibilities of facing crisis. We're not careful, though, sometimes we'll have a tendency to, why me? Why did this happen? But thank God. God's just calling and trusting us how we respond to this now. Man, how we, we, we handle this with God's help. We got to help that the world does not have. We got a voice. And they can make light of it if they want to. So I'm going to tap into that a little bit. When you hear of people that commit hideous crimes, especially in our generation, what's some of the first things that enter your mind about that individual that prompt him to do what he done? He must be fooling with drugs. Because under the influence of drugs, it conditions his mind to start hearing voices that he wouldn't have covered. He would not have heard. After having a few encounters and even to this past week, and, and, and I'm, I'm praying and asking God to help us. Because I've noticed people that fool with drugs, especially meth, these type of drugs, crack, codeine, these. If you deal with them very much, you'll be shocked of how much scripture they'll quote. But it's misplaced. It's arranged and positioned to justify their actions and their deeds and to make them feel like they're doing God's thing. It's amazing how the devil has taken the word of God and then he can twist it and distort it. Because the final outcome, even with them thinking and feeling that this is a, that we're doing a God thing, it's going to be a shipwreck. 
There's other times that prophets were called on, sons of prophets, that uh, would, 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 would not be an easy task. I'm going to drop a few in, okay? I'm trying to lay down something here to start with because sometimes people may have the tendency to think, especially if you're a part of the five-fold ministry, that you're exempt from certain things and things of this nature. I heard somebody just this week, and they was being, and, and please don't take this out of context, but uh, how many has ever heard and told a preacher he couldn't retire? How many of you ever told a preacher, he, you can't retire? How many of you work a secular job with the hopes of retiring? Well, y'all got quiet on me. You're a little hesitant on me, aren't you? Because you're telling, I'm telling the truth here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel a little, but that's okay. Uh, I, I've, I've heard people talk about, you know, well, you know, he, he don't need money. I know they got a special tank up there at that superstore. It's got preacher's road on it. And all preachers can come up and fill up for nothing. You show me that tank. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't been using it. I've been going the wrong one. <laughs> I, I'm laying something, okay? Just, just, just hang with me. Now, I don't believe that a preacher should be in it for money. And I do believe that some's in it. Because, I mean, what a better place for the devil to work than so-called churches. And to mess up more people than anything. But sons of the prophet sometimes are called upon, for instance, watch this one. 1 Kings 20, 35 through 38. You'll go back and you'll read of a son of you that was sent, sent to Ahab, King Ahab. King Ahab had worked a, a covenant with Ben-Hadad right prior to this. So, and again, we don't get the, the, the prophet's name. You know, that's one reason. Hey, folks, let's don't worry about putting our name on have our name on it. Okay? I don't have to get the credit. What's this? I got some people, I've heard some people say, well, if you got that from another preacher, you need to put your name. Wait a minute. That preacher didn't get it. If he got it, he got it from God. And if he got it from God, it's for the whole body. So let me, let me help y'all out. Anybody wants to use my message or anything I say, you don't worry about attaching my name to it. You don't have no problems with it. I don't have no copyrights on it. Ooh, I feel something. I have no copyrights on it. I am what I am by the grace of God. And he's the one that made us. And so if he puts it in my mouth, it's his words and not mine to start with. So you got all the rights by the blood of the Lamb and by the name of Jesus to use it whenever they man the Holy Ghost beckons you to use it. And you don't have to put my name to it. Just put his. Because he's the one we represent. Are you understanding me now? Now watch this. He goes, he goes to his neighbor. He tells him, he tells his neighbor, hey, I need you to smoke me. My neighbor says, no, don't do that. No. Son of prophet says, because you disobeyed the word of God. In just a moment, a lion's going to eat you, going to tear you up, going to kill you. Go read it. And sure enough, he goes to the next one. He brings it to him. He decks him. If <laughs> I heard anything about the lion, <laughs> you asked for it. Hallelujah. But there was a purpose of this. He needed to be smited. And he covers himself with ashes. And he positions himself in the place when Ahab the king comes by. That the king would not recognize him as the son of a prophet. And then he relates it to him about what happened. What took place. And how that Ahab had allowed the king to come into his possessions. 
instead of destroying him and annihilating him, he made a covenant with him. So all this displayed that out. So when you start talking about the sons of prophets and the call that's upon their lives sometime and the things they have to deal with, amen, it's, you know, (laughs) it's not what sometimes we might think it is. So this son of prophet that we're talking about here that's going to leave this debt. Now, the Bible don't tell us what it is. Now, no doubt the the commentary... (laughs) Josephus helped us out because they went on to say, uh, can, I, can I just be honest with this? I, I didn't buy all that, but that was just me. It, it may have been what happened. I don't know. God didn't tell me it wasn't, but he didn't tell me it was either. <laughs> and I just, you know, anyway, but, 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 but the debt was whenever he was borrowing money to feed the hundred uh, prophets. That's what they're saying. With this in the, but, but my personal opinion is if you're the main guy to Ahab, you got access to all this. Who are you borrowing from? You know. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. It could be. I'm not saying it either way. I'm just saying that's a possibility, okay? But we do know this, that there is a debt. And, and, and so this debt that is owed. And uh, now I'm going to bring out some good things about this man, okay? Uh, I hope I ain't going too slow for you. I know it's early. Let's, but, but please listen to me today. So there, after this happened, he passed away. We don't know why. Uh, possibly unexpected. He might have still been young, pr- pretty young. I mean, he had two boys, apparently, that are still home. Okay? So he has died, and he owes his debt, and he's barred from the creditors. Now, there's a lot to this, and Lord knows I won't have time to go into all of that. But I'm going to do my best to cover the highlights of this. So whenever she cried, a certain woman cried, the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest... No, wait, wait, let me back up. Thy servant... Catch that one. Whose servant? Elisha's servant. Elisha's servant. You know what she's saying? Thy servant... He that has been faithful to you. He that has ministered to your hands. And and been thy servant, my husband. So we understand the prophet knew who he was. Knew his faithfulness. How he had committed himself. Notice a few statements she makes here for leverage, for principles, for us to stand on. I practiced that this week. When we prayed for Brother Ford Friday evening before they took him to the VA. And in that prayer, and I told Brother Ford, I said, you've been faithful, you're an elder, and we're going to use some of these as principles to get the hand of God. Now, I'm very careful how I pray this. And I know it's close at home, but I'm pastoring now. I'm not close at home. I'm, I'm pastoring, okay? And I pray God's hand and God's will. God sees and God knows. <laughs> and he knows how to work it all out. I'm going to tell you something. Now, he can touch those kidneys. Now, they're not sure what's going on either. The numbers are telling them that he probably shouldn't be functioning. Let me just be honest with you. He's down to 28, dropped down from a big number down to 28, just seemingly out of nowhere. The doctor called us 
called my wife, and so that's the reason they took him down out. They've done some x-rays, and, but the numbers are not ma- matching up to the x-rays. Huh. I don't know. Maybe God done something. That's God's business. But you and I still got to remember he's 88 years old. And I'm not going to be selfish enough to pray for some agonies that's not needed. But at the same time, I'm going to pray, God, you can, you can, you can raise him up. You can give him strength. You can give him some wholesome life. You can give him the days. But if it's only to fulfill your purpose, there's a big difference. Well, I'm fixing to step out here on something. I'm not stepping here to hurt anyone. Here, or maybe, maybe I'm saying this for somebody out there. Some people want to be blessed and touched and healed or delivered or have millions of dollars for their own purpose. To do their own thing. The real heartbeat is not about to serve God and fulfill His purpose. So watch this. I just got on a little rabbit there. Just we'll be on. Thou knewest that thy servant, watch this one, did fear the Lord. I want, to, I, want to, I want to work with that one just a little bit. I'm going to bypass some things. I, there's some more about the prophets, wild gordons, different things. But to, feareth the Lord. You know, I personally believe that's one of the biggest problems of our nation today. We have lost the fear of God through different channels and means and ways from the statements that made about the mistake preachers and, and so-called preachers have made. Come on, let's put, to, let's put it where it's at. Amen. You, it, why, have you lost, why have you lost confidence in politics? Now watch this. What's, what's, what's what the devil behind the scenes? Rules our country. You got the politics in the White House, and you got this. Now you get down to it. That's really what rules this nation. And the enemy has attacked both of them to tear down trust and confidence and raise up quality and 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 keep us from. Oh, I'm. I'm all right, if somehow I could pull the history back for about 40 years, how many do you think, and I ain't being critical toward the ones in the White House, not in the wrong manner here, but just listen to me for a second. How many do you think would hold the office in the White House if somehow I could pull history back about 50 years with the records they got? How many preachers Pastors and evangelists would still have the grace of their pulpit if I could pull it back 50 years. We need the school of son of prophets, believe it or not. Watch this. If I, if I understand right with what studying I've done, 
Most all of your big universities and colleges, I'm talking about the main ones, all your lawyers, was actually established and started by churches. Slowly and surely, the secular and carnality world took them over. Because we would rather be a lawyer than a preacher. We'd rather be a doctor than a preacher. We'd rather go and make money and pay the price of being the preacher. These are things that happened years and years ago. But now you and I are receiving the, we can either say the benefits of it or the curse of it. Because as the nation of America, her acceptance is a lot wider than what it used to be. Wholesome. Godly lives and leadership. I honestly believe that God allowed, and we can say what we want to about this, but I honestly believe God stepped in and allowed Mr. Donald Trump to be our president. And that's the only way he's going to be for the next four. He's got that man there, and a strong man he is, like it or not. We can all say what we want to. Because he don't have the backing of either, either party when you get down to it. And he's got some, I'm telling you, is doing everything that's within their powers from right down to just as. And I know, watch this, that's just politics. You call it what you want to, that's of the devil. And that's made inroads into our nation and our country. And we're seeing the effects of it now. And if we're not careful, we're backing up instead of going forward. When we start saying that we want no law, no police enforcement, nothing to rule us or dominate or control us, govern us, we're backing up. I'm going to leave that other little issue alone, but I'm telling you, we're backing up. I was told this last week or two that possibly this county will become wet. That somebody's stirring it up. Somebody's trying to promote it. Somebody's trying to get it on the ticket. They, some of us thought we'd never, ever, ever see alcohol sold at Superstore. But how do you feel about it today? What your chances are now? I know I'm, I gotta move on. So, why, what's brought all this? Why, why am I saying the fear of God? The fear of God. It, it showed up in our churches. Because if you have a real wholesome fear of God, you're gonna make it your business to be about His business. And that means coming to praying. Come into the house of God. You, you, you're just, there's just a different reference. It's just a different awe. It's just. So let, let me touch that for just a second. Genesis 22 and 12. And he said. Now watch this. This is the father of faith. This is written about Abraham. You know the story. Let me just go there. 
with Isaac when he reached out that knife, stretched out his arm. The angel said, Now I know I fear the Lord. Nehemiah 7 and 2. For time's sake, let me just brush it. He put his brother, amen, over the city of Jerusalem. After, after the singers, after the Levites, and after the walls have been built, the gates are gone. Now he's going to put his brother. You know why? Amen. Because number one, he was feeling. But number two, and the most important, he feared the Lord. Yeah, Maya knew, hey, we didn't go through all this sacrifice and rebuilding everything just to put anybody over the city. I mean, somebody's going to fear God and fear the judgment. And so when she comes to the man of God as the widow, you know he feared the Lord. He reverenced the Lord. He served God. You know, man of God. What am I talking about? Folks, this is what gives us leverage to attain the things from God, the promises of God. It's our fear of him. That's the reason when we get in trouble, we know where to come. Now, I know my time's running out, but, but, but watch this. I'm going to bypass some things. I'll, I'll leave it alone. Uh, let me. Levi talks about this two things. Two, two. Number one, now, because to be indebted, I'm not real sure who he may have been indebted to. Okay? Now, there's a lot said about that. But we know that, that if you became indebted, if it was your brother, this is, the, this is the law that was given by God unto Moses and to the Israelite people. But if it's your brother, uh, two things, amen, that was required of you. Number one, you couldn't be too severe with them. Go to Leviticus 25th chapter, 40th verse through 46.8. 8. Number two, when the year of Jubilee came, you heard it last Sunday night, they was restored. Okay? So as we watch this unfold and being indebted to a point now, because why? The creditors are coming to get my boys. Watch this. You know why the creditors are coming and getting our boys and our girls? And I'm speaking as far as a nation. I'm speaking as far as a, a, a not just this local assembly, but... Are you hearing me? There's only one. There's only one. Hebrews 7 and 22. They took the surety. They took the penalty of that debt. Proverbs warns us not to, not to co-sign. You read the scriptures close enough. Hardly ever to co-sign to borrow money. And especially if they needed it. I mean, I mean, somebody that shouldn't have me. What do you mean by that? Let me, let me just give you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be careful here at the same time. But there's only one that could co-sign with us. Because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. And when Hebrews 7.22, and he's talking about the high priest, and he's talking about Jesus Christ, he was the only one that could secure, that could take on this indebtedness. So when you turn over and look what he talks about here, when you go to Proverbs, and when you go to Deuteronomy, and you see that the word is mentioned there, amen, when it talks about 
surety. Amen. That's mentioned there. And he talks about Proverbs 17, 18. It means you're taking a pledge or, or in the sense of bargain or exchange. Amen. So what did he have for exchange when he made this debt? That was the value of himself or his dependence, which happens to be his two boys. When God created us in his image and likeness and we fell in the garden, now there's only one, amen, that can birth us back and bring us back and pay a debt that you and I can't pay. And that's the one called Jesus Christ. And they want to jump on us because we're Jesus only. I tell you, if you're going to heaven, it's going to be by Jesus and Jesus only. He's the only one that can pay the debt. Right. If he doesn't pay the debt, then you and I are going to have to pay it. How are you going to pay it? Forever cast out of the presence of God in a place called the lake of fire. That cannot be paid and never will be paid. Except through Jesus. My sons. This is all he had. Amen. And they're coming. Debtors are coming to get them. I'm going to take them. So she learned from her. What'd she do? She didn't run to another loan institution. <laughs> she didn't need another loan. She needed a means to pay it off. It's, 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 it's a bad deal when you start transferring debts from one, one credit card to another. When you have to borrow money. Amen. To pay. We say the statement borrowing from Paul to pay Peter and all this other stuff. And that happens at times. Okay. I understand some of that. I understand that. But somewhere along the way, we got to finally come and say, you know what? I'm going to come to the house of God. Or I'm going to humble myself unto the Lord. And I'm going to yield myself to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to let God, amen, help me out here. I've been struggling with this too long. But here she is. She says, hey. And so she comes to the man of God. And you know what the man of God does? He says, what, what, what's, what's in the house? There's a good possibility of two reasons why this question was asked. Number one, he's going to see what you have to work with. What's left. Number two, I believe he was wanting to see just what all she had already sacrificed. And is willing to let go to get out of the indebtedness. Oh, we still use that same principle. Our government does. You don't believe that? Wait till you go to a nursing home. <laughs> Hope you don't. But <laughs> Hey, I'm telling the truth here. I, I, I've been in it. Two great aunts. Living on 13 acres. They had an old house. I'd love to rebuild it. Fixed it up. Question why I didn't. Said I can't. Said if I fix that house up. When they pass on. The government's going to come and. Value of it. And I'm going to have to pay it again to the government. You believe that if you want to. It don't matter. Because it happened. I know. And I wasn't about to walk in that nursing home because I had two great aunts that are always somewhere in their minds were going to come back home, especially in Aunt Bertha's mind. And I was about to walk in there and say, can I get the deed? Can I get... I don't care what it cost me. I wasn't going to do it. And so, I just paid the sacrifice. Hmm. So that's the way it works. 
But so when he began to question her, what have you got? I got a pot of oil. But it's not just any oil, I believe. It's an anointing oil. We read about the anointing oil in the New Testament and how valuable that anointing oil becomes when this precious little lady brings and anoints the feet of Jesus. And there's one standing back with indignation with some of the other disciples. She could have sold that for a great sum, gave it to the poor. There's not a greater investment than in the kingdom of God and the service of God, regardless of what it costs you and I. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about a different principle here. I'm talking about a different force and a different power. We work ourselves to death sometimes for money to buy things that we want in life. Hallelujah. When all said and done, if we take half of that energy and direct it toward God and the kingdom of God and the service of God, hallelujah, what would God do for us? I know that that may not go over good. Here she is now. Now watch her. She's got enough confidence and faith in the man of God that whatever he instructs her, she may not quite understood, but he tells her, he said, you go home, you go to your neighbors. And he didn't tell her. He didn't tell her to go to certain neighbors. Don't you go. He didn't tell her not to go to those that had a two-story house, had four vehicles in the garage. Neither he didn't tell her not to go to that one that's living uh, in a tent on the side of a road. Amen. It's living under the bridge. He said, you go, you go to your neighbors and borrow all that you can borrow. All the vessels. And watch it. He didn't put no limits on the vessels. Hey, oh, by the way, make sure it's just out of wood or just out of silver. Or just out of, No, no. He didn't put no limitations on any of that. He said, you just need some vessels. And if you read it close enough, then he says, empty vessels. So could there be a man, hey, if they got some vessels sitting around, it's just got something in it, but it really don't mean anything. Tell them you want to borrow it. Because you could pour that out. And when I get started ready to get poured into it. And I'm glad to be serving God today. It's not the vessel. It's the God of the vessel. It's the God of the vessel. So sure enough, she obeyed God, the man of God. And um, went to the neighbors. I don't know who all doors she knocked on and how many she knocked on. But when she gathered all, she could get gathered. Now watch this. He said, I want you to go into your house and close your door. This is not something that's for some entertainment and for everybody to observe, everybody to watch. And you're not putting on a show for. He said, I want you to begin to pour. Now, the writer of the lesson said that once it poured, it never stopped. They had to shove. I didn't buy that one. I ought not say that, probably. But, uh, but, but, but I personally believe, man, she just began to pour. Hey, get me another. <laughs> I mean, once, once you're pouring, because you've got to understand, I don't know what, what vessel she may have said to start with. I, I, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what size it was. I don't know what it looked like. I don't know how many types and different types she had. But, but, but you know, and, and maybe, 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 you know, but, but she was operating by faith. She might have said, you know, hey, bring, bring that big one over here to start with. <laughs> 
All right, she might have said, bring the spice. I don't know. She just might have said, hey, bring them. She didn't even pick one. She just let the boys pick it. But she began to pour. Now, we remember just a few weeks ago huh, that God could supply our needs, right? He could pour out that. And, and I personally believe that when he moved for that widow and for Elijah, I don't believe he filled up the barrel. And I don't believe he filled up the, the cruise. I believe he put what they need every day fresh. <laughs> That's the reason Jesus told us, he said, don't you worry about tomorrow. You, tomorrow's sufficient for itself. You got today. And that's all you got. And that's all you need. Because I supply. He even sent his disciples out one time. He said, don't you carry no extra shoes, no extra clothing, no purse, no means of by, 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 for provision. Amen. Don't you carry no bread. Don't you carry no. He said, I'm going to supply your needs. When I send you to house and house and they receive you, amen, they'll bless you. That's walking by faith. Now, we prefer abundance. That's our nature. How many, how many would you rather have? $100 bill in your bill for or about 1000 But that gets us in trouble, on it? That's the reason, you know, we quit, America quit having just enough at the dinner table. Amen. We went to these buffets. Buddy. It shows up, don't it? it shows up in a lot of ways. What's American building most of even today? I know you heard me say this. Restaurants and hospitals. You don't believe that? Go right over at Loosedale. One after another is popping up. George County Regional is adding on, building on, putting up, adding up stores. But we have a less church. Praise God, help us here. He is. He is. You know what? He loves us. And he will supply our needs. Just like he did for this little widow woman. And buddy, when she got to pouring. I believe she got caught up in it. She wasn't even paying attention to the vessels now. She's just pouring. It didn't matter what size they shoved under. It didn't matter what it looked like. Hey man, she done got a hold of the miracle. And she, she wasn't concerned about nothing else. And finally she said, hey, bring me another one. We're out. Done. The only regret she might have had. Man, if we could have got a few more. Or she could have been, you know what? This is sufficient. I was impressed in the beginning of the service. And, and hopefully we can get this across, especially to our youth. They're not in here. But somehow to spark them, not that they hadn't, but to help them understand that they give their self to God. And as the days go on, it doesn't matter if it's in the rapture or if it's 80 years from now. They'll live with far less regret than those that goes out in the Take the chance and gamble whether or not he can get back or not. Watch this. That's really so important for you and I to live our lives out reaching for things that's just going to vanish and really not going to amount to nothing when the journey is over. And we begin to look at our age and we begin to look back and we begin to say and regret 
begins to grip us. I've come old enough, pastored long enough, and watched it long enough now. One of the biggest spirits I watch as we get to this age and time is the spirit of regret. I've just done a little different here and done that. It's not as easy to keep your focus on the Lord, on the things of God, when there's so much pulling at us. So much trying to distract us, as we talked about last week. I told Sister Woods, I think Sister Barry's standing there a couple. I said, hey, we failed the test tonight. What? I said, when your phone was going off, she was back in the back of your phone. I said, it distracted everybody. We failed the test this morning. Tonight of this morning. I mean, remember your lesson. Or was you so distracted to Judy? <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> it is a battle. It is a struggle. Stay focused. Stay connected. Stay hooked up. But she stayed focused and she made her way into the man of God. And she followed the instructions of the man of God. But watch this. And I know I'm not looking at time because I know I'm probably pushing it already. But whenever it fulfilled now. She didn't just on her own. Man, I got all this stuff. Man, I got all this money. I don't need a man of God now. I mean, hey, I, look at him. I'll tell you, that's, that's where America's at. She's got money to go here and buy that and do this. And I'm not being harsh what I'm fixing to say here. But even the lady with the issue of blood had to get to the place that she spent all she had. Before she heard of a man called Jesus. Sometimes God has allowed us to get to a certain place before all of a sudden something spokes us. Something moves inside of us. Something says, hey, wait, there's a God. There's a God. So as we humble and yield ourselves, now watch her, after being blessed so mightily, she goes back to the man of God to get instructions. What I'm going to do from here? How do I, how do I handle this? How, what, 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 what direction? Huh. And so he instructs her. See, notice what happens. What she pays first. Got to pay your debt. And to take the remainder and live off of it. That don't mean go buy a $250,000 car and a $300,000. But you be wise in what you're going to do. And I'm through. But, but, but did anybody read the lesson? Did you read the last statement in the lesson? Take back what you borrowed. <laughs> now Jesus went on and told us later on. He said, hey, if they don't bring it back and they come to borrow it, let them borrow it. And we don't like that, but it's in there. 
<laughs> I know you probably don't have nobody like that, but I know where I'm sure there's some people, you know, they come to borrow something, just mark it off. You can have it. <laughs> it's gone. It's not coming back. <laughs> I got a few things in the house. I'll let you borrow it. Don't bring it back either. <laughs> Truck notes, house notes. <laughs> Praise God. I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Let's stand. I hope something's been said here this morning uh, uh, that would be, that would help us, that would help us to, you know, as we deal with life, as we deal with circumstances, as we deal with situations, uh, uh, there's so much, amen, because, you know, he wasn't exempt from being in debt or got good or bad. Amen. He wasn't exempt. And, and we know of cases, we know of situations where people may have made uh, bad deals. And, and because nobody knows. What's this? Uh, he could have went and borrowed that money when everything's going great. And ain't no problem for the first month or six months or ten years or whatever. Amen. Then all of a sudden things begin to crash and things begin to, you know, fall to the wayside. We got an experience of that at the beginning of this year. Amen. With this corona deal and things that's going on. And our own government. Amen. You know, they tell us not to borrow more than you can pay back. But... I don't know who they're borrowing from. And I'm going to tell you something. My mind can't wrap around borrowing from these other nations. No, I can't. My mind. Other countries, I don't see that. Many of them, as we bailing out and doing all this other stuff. At my, of course, I'm not in a position, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, apparently somebody's got the idea. Just print the money. That's all you got to do. Print it, print it, print it, man. That's, no. <laughs> you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Now, I'd love to really got into the, the, the other part of this. And the writer, he just kind of mentions it, just kind of brushes it. But he talks about the debt of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can pay that debt for us. Thank God we had a kinsman that, could, that redeemed us. And we was willing to cash in. We was willing to obey. We was willing to cure him. And cure his voice in our hearts, in our lives. To give us guidance and direction on how to handle this situation. So, nothing else. Let me say this, and I'll be through. Finances has always been a problem. You know what? Finances will be a problem when we all leave here. Up to that moment, that time. Finances. Being able to purchase and buy and trade. What's this? I'm not through, but what's this? Let's go to the talents. There's lacking to the kingdom of God. And he told us the one. He says, hey, I'll give you five. I'll give you one, two, and one, one. The one that was willing to take the five and go out to the lenders and, and, and invest it and, think, and multiply that. The same one with the two, but the one. Because, amen, he knew that he was serving a master who was going to expect something back. And he took him. Dug in the earth and buried it. And it cost him. I don't want the Lord to come back. And catch me. Still on the pacifier. Still on the bottle. That I hadn't matured. Or grew. I asked him this week. I said Lord you can, you can anoint me. I can play one of these. Like this bass over here. <laughs> I'll add somewhere. But if it's never in the music department, then God, if you'll anoint me to teach Bible studies, anoint me to move 
in this community at the, at the right time, at the right moment, for the right individual. Now, let me show you all the power. And I know I got you standing. I'm sorry. But, but, but I heard Brother Wilson tell this. And, and I want this to be a blessing to somebody. Brother Wilson told, and I won't do as length as he did, but he talked about when he was about 15 years old, he was over a youth group, and it was a small youth group. But the Randy Keys was part of that youth group. They had another guy, and he didn't give his name. He just called him Landry or something like that. But he said, that's not his name. And um, he said uh, it took a while to get him to pray through. It said, man, he, he prayed uh, saints out, you know. But finally he got the Holy Ghost. He got married, had a couple of kids, and he became successful in the uh, medical field. He became administrator over the hospital. And then he became a chief administrator over the, this is in San Francisco in California, and uh, became real popular. But anyway, he began to fall to the wayside. He began, he backslid, he, he divorced, he wound up in homosexuality. And he stayed in that lifestyle for some 25 years. And he said, uh, he got a phone call one day and he said and that Brother Randy Keys had called him and said, hey, he said, called the guys, uh, whatever name he was using. He said, hey, his, his mother's called me, said uh, he's in this certain hospital. This particular hospital was known at that time as the main hospital that dealt with AIDS patients. And uh, so uh, asked would go pray for him. He said, sure will. So. He and Brother Randy Keyes went, and they went into the room. He said, we walked in there. He said he was just a frail of a man, said his arms about this big around. Said he had some kind of, the, the doctor told him before they went in, said he had 13 different types of infection in the eyes alone. And uh, said he had on sunshades, said when he walked in. He couldn't even recognize who they were. He couldn't see them. So they told him who he was, and uh, he talked to him a little while and told him uh, wanted to pray with him if he would allow him. He still believed in the power of prayer and things of this nature. And so he, he encouraged him a little while and talked to him. And sure enough, the, the man said, yeah, said, said I want to. Uh, I want to pray. I want, to, I want you to pray for me. And, and so Brother Wilson said, I instructed him a little bit. He said, I don't want you to pray to start with. He said, I want you to just wait. He said, in the power of the presence of God moves in this room, he said, then pray. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll instruct you. And he said, sure enough. He said, um, I, I told him, you know, he said, said, I mean, I told him, I said, hey, we'd love you. And he said, when I said that, he said, the power of God just filled that room. Now, his wife and them done tried to come. She was faithful to him. They didn't live together. He said, they tried. He said, no, let's, let's, let's leave them out. And so sure enough, said, they began to pray and said, the power of God move in that room. He said, and then after a little bit, he said, I told him, he said, all right, man. He said, now's your chance. He said, you lift your hands and voice and begin to cry. And said, sure, enough, the best he could with what energy he had. Said he began to weep and cry and cry out to, to God. And said, all of a sudden, said, it didn't take very long. Said he began to speak in that heavenly language. And he began to just love God. He said, he said, I'm talking about it powerful. He said, and he went on, he said, he said, now y'all believe what you want to believe. He said, I don't know. He said, I, I was there. He said, I know what happened. He, and he gave some other cases where it didn't turn out so good. But this particular time. It did. He said, and after that was over with and they left, he said, two hours later, he died. Two hours. He was talking about being a shepherd. He was talking about our great shepherd and the lengths that he'll go to save us if we're willing to be saved, if we're willing to humble ourselves and believe in him. He talked about a young man. He said, back when he first started pastoring, he said he was 24. The young man he's trying to help was 24. So this young 24-year-old guy was in prison. He said, we made connections. He said, he was four or five hours away from him. He said, so we communicated. And finally, it reached a point in a place in his, in his sentence that if someone would take him and give him place, that they would let him out. And so Brother Will said, I agreed. I said, I'll take him. 
I, I will do it. He said, we didn't really have a place, so we went and got him. I'm going to cut some of this short. Went and got him, bring him. He said, the only place I had to put him at that moment time was in the office at the church. He said, we rearranged it, put him in a little bed there. He said, the restroom was right there. He said, some of the people at the church is willing to come by two or three times a day to bring him food and visit with him, help him. He said, every morning, he said, I'd go there and I'd visit with him, talk with him as much as I could. And, and he said, this went on for about two or three weeks. He said, and then one morning, he said, I got there. And uh, no, it was one afternoon. He said, I was going to pick him up. and was going to go out and get something to eat and talk to him and all. And he said, and he wasn't there. And, uh, and he, he likened this unto the shepherd again, trying to find that one little sheep, that one little lamb that wandered off. And uh, he said, I began to look for him. He said, I began to call the people in the church. And anybody, then he said, nobody knew where he's at, couldn't find him. And he said, so I began to go in the parts of, of the city that you wouldn't normally go. He said, it done got dark now. He said, but he said, I was going to take my chances. He said, I went. He said, I went to some of these hotels and places where that would be prone to be. And um, he said, in one particular one he walked into, he said, it's one single light. He said, the, the, the cashier guy is in a cage now. That's how bad the area was. He's in a cage with one light. He said, I walk into that place. He said, I describe a man. The, the, he, he used a different name again there. And uh, he said, no, he hadn't seen him. And so sure enough, he said, I spent most of the nights and I couldn't find him. Said, sure enough, said the next morning, though, he said, I got a phone call. He said, hey, we found him. Found him outside under some brushes. He had overdosed and died. So... You know, it always don't fall the way we want it to fall. It always don't come out the way we'd like for it to. But you and I have got to be determined. It's a loved one, a friend, or neighbor. God, give us the strength. God, give us the energy. Put the passion in us, God. Put the wisdom in us. To help us to say what needs to be said. Help us to do what needs to be done. That we might save them. She made her way back to the house of God. She called on the preacher. She followed the instructions of the preacher. And it saved her two boys. When life seems like when nothing else can turn them around. Your faithfulness to God and to the house of God. Can be the very principle that you lay down now. That can save those boys down the road. Let's do it. Time's running out, ladies and gentlemen. Time's running out. It don't take much to look around and see that the condition of this world. And the spiritual condition of this world. This ought to cause us to pray. This ought to cause us, God, you help us. And I'm not talking about getting crazy with it. I believe the Bible is real plain about doing things decent in order. And for his purpose and his glory. Again, it's not about us. It's about him. He's the great shepherd. It's his name. It's his blood. I said that in prayer to God this morning. I said, God, these are your people. They carry your name. They washed in your blood. They filled with your spirit. You belong to him. God help us. God you help us in this end time. Have a wisdom and insight. Amen. To be inspired and to be moved. To handle these things right.
I want people to be saved. There's some that may not want to be. But I don't want to focus on them and just try to destroy them and cause them to pluck up. He wouldn't let them pluck up the tares. He wouldn't let them. He says, because if you go out to pull up those tares, you're going to pull up some good with it. Hmm? Let's be wise. Let's be led by the Holy Ghost like never before to be the sole winners of our generation. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much. We thank you for your grace, your mercy that has been bestowed upon us day in and day out. I thank you, God, for every family of this church, every individual, all that's taken a part and being involved and working and laboring for your kingdom. I'm asking you like never before to anoint and to bless and pour out your spirit on each one of us. Help us to unite together. Help us overcome some isms and schisms and bad feelings toward one another. That the healing process of your touch and your presence that would flow in this body of believers. But make its way outside of this building. Make its way out into our community, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors. We don't want to limit you, God, by any means whatsoever. But let the power of your love, the power of your spirit, the promises of your word. Amen. To be manifested in our lives on a daily basis. Us. Help us here today, God, to look down upon us and bring us back tonight. Your perfect will, your mighty hand would move in this service, filling souls and healing bodies and doing great, marvelous things for your people. We love you for it. We believe you for it. We trust in you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray this morning. In the name of Jesus. Love you today. Appreciate you. Let's pray for one another. Let's lift one another up. Amen. I want to hear him say, well done. How about you? God bless you. Appreciate you.